1: Everybody want to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love, I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids.
2: Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name's Chris Lambert.
3: And my name is Travis Bean, and I gotta say, it's a good day, Chris. It's a good day? Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know, I got up early, I I went on an early morning run, ate a good breakfast, and and this last part I know you can relate to, uh, it's starting to get cold outside, and, and it feels so good. You put on a sweater and just like, it's perfect.
2: I hate that. (laughs) Oh yeah. You live in Austin. Yeah. I moved South for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) I, I get it. Ohio winters were too much for me. And then one Iowa winter broke my spirit. It is strange how like,
3: it's not like Iowa's too much further North than Ohio, but it feels like,
2: it feels like you're in Antarctica. Yeah, it was it was soul stealing. I don't know that's the only way. I'd get in my car and I'd see my breath and I'd be like there goes a little bit of my soul. Eh. Each and every time. <laughs> and it's still like April and I'm still seeing my breath when I get in the car. Yeah, it's uh
3: it's uh it's give and take, love and hate sometimes. But when it gets too cold. It's terrible.
2: Yeah, shout out Iowa. If you're there, <laughs> I know you're strong.
3: It also feels colder because like there's absolutely nothing for many miles in every direction, so when it snows, all you see is snow. Yeah,
2: and when there's wind, all you feel is wind. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> well, how do we cleverly tie this to crack music? Um, I don't know. There's there's got to be a crack problem somewhere in Iowa. We we could do some research oh. and find out. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. well, I'm sure it's just America at this point, but... Uh, There's pockets everywhere. Yeah, drugs are a big issue, though it seems like it's switched more to prescription drug abuse, but...
3: Hmm. Yeah, but uh, not in the song Crack Music. It's all about Crack Okay.
2: Yeah, and the, the euphemism of crack music, you know, and music that you can... Uh, sling to all corners of the world all corners of the country and make money off of yeah and get you, get your high another way yeah an alternative high what yeah. uh what's the woke up this morning with a new way to rhyme without using mm-hmm. knives and knives and guns knives and drugs gosh this is better than the actual version yeah <laughs> you know me drop a beat behind Always that and won- it, it's a hit Always one up in Kanye when I yeah. <laughs> when I rap Kanye lyrics. Um yeah, crack music is one that I've been very excited to get to on our 2.0 run through Kanye's discography, mm. just because it's one that I still think is one of his most socially conscious and most thought-provoking songs. Like Kanye has a lot of thought-provoking moments, but there's something about the concept of this song and how applicable it was then but also just how applicable it continues to be when it comes to the packaging and pushing and commodification of art into something that people not only crave and rely on but that all these companies and artists try to make money on i don't i feel like that connection between the drug game and the world of the commercialization of art is a fascinating one, and Kanye tackling yeah. it in this song specifically, on this album, and everything that this album's talking about, is a very interesting intersection.
3: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And mixed with all that social commentary, which is so great and striking and condemning, it's also just like such an intense song sonically, like production-wise. It it feels like the fullest Kanye song we've had yet. Like I would say this and drive slow are the two songs on this album. Like the first time you hear him, you're like, Oh, like Kanye's entering a new arena sonically. Like it's, it goes from a lot of his early songs, which again, all of his stuff from the college dropout days, like a super impressive, but I, I think compared to something like crack music, they can feel a little like stilted or all over the place sometimes. Or like it's, just I guess none of his songs have ever felt as full to me as this. And I think it's maybe just combined with that social commentary you're talking about. It's just such an intense song. Like it feels like a like a score to the movie, you know, like like every moment is accounted for. Like it, it feels full and rich and reminds me of where Connie would go with his career. Like it is Jesus days and
2: everything. Yeah, I always think about this song as almost like a, a precursor in some ways to gorgeous. And people mm-hmm. always talk about Gorgeous as being one of Kanye's like deepest, most complex songs. And the main difference, I think, between the two is in Gorgeous, Kanye's kind of taking a step back and just looking at society at large and making all these very fascinating social commentary points. And here he's staying within the theme of crack music. And talking specifically about this one topic and framing things through this topic, which limits the scope a little bit in comparison to Gorgeous. But I think both of these songs are really powerful in just how pointed they are and how focused Kanye's lyrics are on deconstructing these issues he's seeing in society. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I love that. That's that's an interesting comparison because on Gorgeous, I think Kanye has like the the expertise like he knows to pull back the production a little bit and let his words speak. Whereas this is like, this is like, it feels like young Kanye. (laughs) Like he wants to show the world, like how great of a lyricist he is and how great he is as a producer. Like
2: it's, he's, it's like everything, but the kitchen sink in the song. (laughs) (laughs) And I weirdly think about just from the concept of crack music, Jesus is King and uses gospel specifically and maybe a little bit of the difference there, because it feels like early on in his career, especially with Kanye, in late registration, there's so much of a focus between the tension of where Kanye came from, from Chicago, and what people are trying to do to get by, to get out, to get to the next level, uh, to touch the sky. And you have him really exploring that dynamic over the course of the album, and crack music feels very much born out of that heard him say drive slow we mm. don't care spaceship mentality of how am i getting out of this and you know i'm just going to have to make crack music that people are going to eat up like crave which feels almost in line with that second act of college dropout where he hasn't perfected putting that in quotes crack music mm. yet where you get, get him high slow jams (laughs) new workout plan where he's really trying to make that kind of music for people but it's not hitting the way that it it maybe should be or is it fulfilling for kanye at that time here it seems like the idea of fulfillment through the art form is it even really entering into the picture more so just we're doing what we need to do to get by and you compare Mm -hmm. that to use this gospel where kanye at that point seems to be making music for the soul for people mm. to have something that they can latch to that's going to save them, heal them, cure them. And just the difference in that approach to like, what is it that I'm doing with my music? Yeah. I am at this point in my career focused on like crack music and just doing what I have to do. And this is kind of the mentality that I am seeing and that, Is coming up out of this genre, out of this industry. I like that comparison to Kanye's reached a point where like he's using the gospel and that's the kind of music he's trying to make. Whether you agree with like that kind of music or not, I just think it's intellectually stimulating to compare and contrast the two.
3: Yeah, yeah. And then like in in the song, you can see Kanye like it's almost like he's looking back at that act two version of himself from the college dropout because he's like frustrated with people who aren't making music that can help people rise up and and feel like at least they can rise up from their oppressive situation and he gets into that and it's where you hear a lot of the anger coming through um but the anger also comes from it's funny that you mentioned those four songs like we don't care spaceship heard him say drive slow like those are all very like micro songs about people like at home who feel helpless. This song is the opposite energy of that. This is Kanye saying like, no, I am going to make music that makes people feel good and makes them feel like they can accomplish something. It's it's so powerful.
2: Yeah, and it's a, a strange mix. Like we've talked a lot, if you've been following along in the season or this is your first episode, we've talked a lot about the progression from Heard him, Say to this point where you have heard him say on the one end of the spectrum of just like bleak social commentary and touch touch the sky, on the other end of the spectrum of like, I am enjoying success and am happy with Gold Digger in this middle ground of that there's still complicating factors from the heard him say experience or world that are interfering with the highs of the touch the sky world, right? And when we transition into this, second act or uh, group of songs between skits one and skit two you're still seeing a bit of that mixed dynamic take place especially on something like drive slow where you get younger kanye reflecting on what he doesn't have versus paul wall and what paul wall does have versus glc <laughs> and glc being a bit more uh, of a baller versus the paul wall character and just that progression up But when we get to my way home and crack music, that progression to that GLC perspective really starts to feel a little bit more hollow. Like you might have that sense of like, I'm the man, I have this sweet car, girls want me, but there's other levels and layers to it. that don't make it as simple as that.
3: Yeah. Because like, what Paul Wall and GLC are doing and the life Connie is chasing, like that's all just a mask for what the reality is. It's the way you're trying to present yourself and build yourself up uh, out of the situation where, you know, and Gil Scott here and he creates this first person perspective of somebody, the, the drugs and, and it, it, somebody who's stuck in the situation created by the government, which is what Connie will get into and in crack music, how, you know, drugs were implanted into communities and, it it, that's so interesting that like that perspective is coming in now like it really does make you look back at
2: drive slow and think like oh man those kids like they had no idea yeah yeah what's ahead of them and that uh mixture on my way home of gil scott heron well, in his song talking about like home is where the hatred is where he is in a home life that might be a little bit more complicated broken Uh, wrecked but then you realize that when he talks about home it's not just where he lives but also his drug addiction and this fear that he shouldn't go back home again because he doesn't want to return to the drug addiction and in My Way Home you have Common really positioning us both in that heard him say I don't want to go home again or maybe it's not a good idea if I go home again just because of what that environment is but also looking at the new home that Kanye is kind of starting to occupy with fame, with celebrity, and the dangers that start to mount in that world and in that realm mm-hmm. with even Kanye at this point in the album becoming aware that, yeah, this home might not be everything that I thought it was cracked up to be.
3: Yeah, and what you give no upon that intended. is cracked music, Yeah, <laughs> which is like, It's just such a, it's a strange fusion of the Gil Scott Heron song, which is this jazzy spoken word song and this extreme desire to help others. And what bubbles up is this like Jesus esque frustration, this motivation to create a sound that can serve as a substitute to those drugs that so many people have felt like they had to turn to because they feel helpless.
2: Yep. Yep. And we have a, a couple samples for crack music the first is an instrumental by Cold Grits, <laughs> mm, which was just delicious. a... right. You know, Grits are good, hot or cold. <laughs> but it's a Baton Rouge spawned outfit called Cold Grits, according to allmusic.com. And they were a backup band that eventually kind of went their own way. And they did a instrumental cover of the Isley Brothers' It's Your Thing. Which, that's what Kanye samples. Not the actual Isley Brothers song, but the Cold Grits instrumental version of the Isley Brothers song.
3: Yeah. I guess it must be a big song... For producers, like it, it made some sort of improvement or has some sort of sound that is special because it's sampled on two different Kendrick songs, including Black or the Berry. Uh, LP used it for the new Run the Jewels album. It's on a Danny Brown album. Bex fucking used it. Like,
2: people love this song. Yeah. Is it because they're a little bit more of a a band, right? So they're giving it maybe like a little bit of a more density to it or a little bit yeah. more heft
3: yeah I, th- I definitely think it's more dense and that's what's attractive about like there are like so many elements
2: at play that are interesting and here Kanye's just pulling out the drums right rather than like the radio version which might just be a little bit more of a music that supports the Isley Brothers like singing right. or songwriting right? so we have that and then we have the New York Community Choir Since You Came in My Life A very simple song. It just repeats, since you came in my life, over and over and over again. And then you get, you fill my life with sunshine. You open up a brand new day. Since you came in my life, I'm happy. Which, I mean, might be somebody's response to... Like, you could view that as somebody responding to getting crack music and just the joy that they're getting from that music. Or even just the idea of kanye now that he's making this kind of music or has the success from this music uh there's this whole new life and a whole new world which kind of goes to that dichotomy between heard him say and touch the sky right that kanye is going from being in chicago to being a superstar and a lot of this album is dealing with that transition so Mm. these lines about since you came in my life i'm happy i'm happy you open up a brand new day there seems to be uh a continuance of that energy, and uh, Connie really announces it
3: by he takes those horns from the song, and like the song really starts, it blows up immediately. Like, you go from that easy breezy jazz feel of My Way Home to like bombastic, aggressive horns and drums and chants. Like, it's almost like he's purposely offsetting those songs you're talking about, those like kind of more low key songs. Like, it's packed between Drive Slow and Roses, which are like more downbeat and more about home. And this crack music, we get the crack music, it's it's Kanye making crack music. Like somebody who's like, who feels elevated, who feels like he has some power and obligation to, to reach out to those people and give them something that can rise them up.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so uh, lyrics? Let's do it.
1: That's that crack music, nigga, that real black music, nigga. That's that crack music, nigga, that real black music, nigga. How we stop the Black Panthers.
2: All right, so we start with the chorus, which involves the game. Which uh, I don't think I ever really realized. I'm not sure if I knew it was the game, but uh,
3: yeah, all I knew is that guy came in with like some really <laughs> aggressive vocals. It actually makes me think of um, it. Kind of makes me think of "Hold My Liquor" and how this is kind of like a an early version of what Connie would do with "Hold My Liquor," where he uses sample or he uses features from people as like a way to create the emotion and and build an identity to a song. Like, I think the game does that here in a much more simple way. Because, like, Kanye says that's crack music, but then when the game comes in and says it, it feels like, whoa, like, this is dramatic.
2: Yeah, he definitely has more of a a baritone to his voice, Mm -hmm. more of a fullness. And I've never listened to a lot of the game songs, but... Apparently, Genius has a little bit of a tidbit and a, a story that we're going to say from Kanye that uh, the game had a verse that didn't fit the concept of the song. And he released a version of the song with the verse. down. They want to know about the
1: summer jam beef with 50. So I weep for my license inside my dickies. Mr. Officer, after his autograph for your daughter, get me back the fuck away from my Aston Martin. I
2: And then Kanye has this uh, explanation of his thought process saying, I started thinking if I was to make a song about crack, I wanted to start where my parents told me it started. How we stopped the Black Panthers, Ronald Reagan cooked up the answer. You say Ronald wasn't even the president at the time, but he was the governor of California when the CIA conspired to bring down the Black Panther Party. It goes back to artists being on the chitterling circuits and labels giving them drugs to lull them over and not be focused on their business crack was placed in the black community used to separate the groups who were to protect us from the police brutality and racism at the time so at least from like the origins of the song like there was no positive to the idea of what crack meant to the community right so then Mm -hmm. you have that kind of as the basis as kanye takes that concept and reverses it. Like, we were given crack, and in turn, we're now producing crack music to take back power.
3: Yeah, he's putting, like, a... Not a positive spin, but he's saying, like, all right, you want to try to, like, destroy our communities? Well,
2: I'm going to show you how you build them up. It makes me think back to that line about, like, you can only go as high as you've fallen, right? From my way home. Yeah. You could only you couldn't make this song without having had that happen within the community. And not to say that that's like a good thing, but it's just showing that because it happened, like there's something to be learned from and uh, a silver lining, I guess, to take away from it or a way to turn the situation from something debilitating to something empowering. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, So we start with Kanye saying that's that crack music that real black music. And we get the the lovely la-la-la-la-las. <laughs> From Charlie Wilson, Keisha Cole, and the world famous Tony Williams. That's right. And that's that crack music, that real black music. And then we get into the first verse. And just talking about that idea of like crack and black being compared and aligned with each other, it seems like the two go hand in hand. And Kanye's making sure that the two are going hand in hand. Um, which just kind of shows the influence of it on the community and the community on it.
1: How we stop the Black Panthers? Ronald Reagan took up an answer. You hear that? What Gil Scott was hearing When I hear Rosa Heron was this don't heroin with crack Raise the murder rate in D.C. and Maryland We invested in that It's like we got Merrill lynched And we've been hanging from the same tree ever since Sometimes I feel the music is the only medicine So we cook it, cut it, measure it, bag it, sell it The fiends cop it Nowadays they can't tell it that's that good shit We ain't sure, man Put the CD on your tongue, yeah, that's pure, man
2: Uh, so we have the first verse how we stop the black panthers ronald reagan cooked up an answer
3: yeah like uh basically implanted a bunch of drugs in the communities and you know like the idea was suddenly like how do you take down the black panthers well don't make it obvious what we're doing like put these drugs in there and just tear it apart from the inside
2: yeah, and they talk about the the Mulford Act of 1967, which Reagan passed, which limited open firearm wielding, which was one of the ways, because Black Panthers were carrying around guns and weapons. So there were like several things going on at the time to try to limit their power. Uh, and then we get, you hear that, what Gil Scott was hearing. And Gil Scott Heron, you get that nice wordplay there uh, with Heron <laughs> and Heron, but... It refers back to Home is Where the Hate Is, which was what My Way Home was interpolating sampling, which is this idea of Gil Scott Heron or the the speaker in the song that Gil Scott Heron is embodying talking about his issues with drug use.
1: A junkie walking through the twilight I'm on my way home
2: Uh, specifically, you get the lines. Home is where I live inside my white powder dreams. Home was once an empty vacuum that's filled now with my silent screams. Home is where the needle marks tried to heal my broken heart, and it might not be such a bad idea if I never, if I never went home again.
3: It's pretty incredible stuff to see Kanye like. And it, it maybe it's 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 obvious, but it's still powerful that like Kanye samples the Gil scott hair and Sony. You hear Gil Scott here and speak these words from the perspective of someone whose life has just been riddled by drugs. It doesn't even know where his home is to see Kanye like using that kind of micro example, this personalized example of the hell that's been created by drugs to like then look at like, well, how do those drugs get there? Ronald Reagan, like I'll take on
2: Ronald Reagan. I'll take on George Bush. Yeah. I'll stand up to these authority figures and call out what needs called out. Yeah. He's always been that guy. Um, love it there's also something like in this context that i feel like i just kind of clicked for me about gil scott heron's song is not just the idea that like he may have had a complicated home life which is what drove him to drugs and now that he's on drugs it may be the thing that's like continuing to complicate his home life but there's also something to the idea of him saying it might not be such a bad idea if I never went home again, that because drugs have been put in these communities, it starts to drive men and women out of those communities because they realize that if they stay there, then drugs are going to be the thing that they fall into or fall for. And it's not just like good, like in terms of like, oh, get away from drugs, but sad in the fact that you're poisoning not just Mm -hmm. like poisoning the people, but you're poisoning the community to even stop people from being able to thrive there or exist there.
3: Totally. I think this sounds totally trying to look at the situation generationally because you move from Ronald Reagan to later, we're talking about George Bush and we're, and we're seeing like time move, but like nothing's changed in communities. Like there's still drugs. People are still feeling like the only way they can rise up is by selling drugs. And then Connie's second verse ends with like a kid coming home and his mom overdosing. Like it it shows just how bad the situation became over time.
2: Yeah. Oof. Oof. <laughs> uh yeah, what Gil Scott was hearing, when our heroes or heroines get hooked on heroin, just that's uh what Gil Scott was seeing and hearing and speaking to, um, yeah. cracked, raised the murder rate in DC and Maryland. Yep. Yeah. And because this drug was now in the community crime escalated from both users and dealers and just the drug wars that start. uh, we invested in that, which is such like a, a chilling line in some ways like you're just yeah. told that like it's destroyed heroes and heroines and increased the murder rate and we invested in that. Yeah. It just
3: like we got Merrill Lynch. Like it, it really it makes it seem like people didn't even realize or care that crack was causing them to murder each other. Like they just wanted the drugs because that's my way out when they don't realize, like, no, you're tearing your part yourself apart from the inside. And relating it back to like Merrill Lynch, like this uh this like privileged, um, image, you know, stocks, wall street, like the place you want to get to like, we invest in that. It, it really purposely contrasts like the actual situation. Like it's nothing like Merrill Lynch. You're not actually rising out of anything. You're just contributing to this terrible situation. The government put you in.
2: Yeah. It kind of recalls, uh, diamonds from Sierra Leone in a way, right? Mm -hmm. Like this idea that you're getting these blood diamonds. And they may look good, but where did they come from? And what was the cost of getting them? And it's like, here, you might have money from dealing crack at the end of the day, and you're succeeding. You could get in with Merrill Lynch, but at the same time, what are you doing? What's the cost of this? And having that duality between the investment firm, the bank, with lynching is very... Mm. Much blood on the leaves energy.
3: Oh my gosh, yeah, blood on the leaves. We've been hanging from the same tree ever since. Like, blood on the leaves again. One <laughs> kind of got to Jesus, like, he, he was able to blow up an idea like that to, like, he was able to give it so much more meaning and impact. But here, I mean, he's just like, this is young Kanye, like, just observing the world
2: and, like, taking it all in and realizing, like, everything I need to try to help stop. Like, I'm going to call this out and maybe that's going to do something. Yeah, sometimes I feel the music is the only medicine and this is where you have that change, right? Like we get a world that's very steeped in the reality of crack before Kanye says like music is the only medicine. Like it's something that is a positive alternative, not just for like what somebody spends their time doing, right? Like I could be out in the streets or I could be like at home making music, but also for a way out. Like, I could be making money through that, or I could be making money through music.
3: Yeah. For Kanye, music
2: is the drug. <laughs> we all know it. Yeah. And the next lines kind of go into that process. So we cook it, cut it, measure it, bag it. Like Those are the steps for like crack for drugs, but it's the steps that you're using to make music. You cook up the music, you edit the music, you make sure it's perfect, and then you send it out into the world sell it the fiends cop it nowadays they can't tell if that's that good shit we ain't sure man and yeah. that's always the thing with drugs like you can cut uh drugs with another product usually like what you put sugar is that it no
3: baking soda, <laughs> baking soda. Baking soda.
2: wow you know i've watched i've watched the wire twice and yet uh <laughs> baking soda in it and it still has mostly crack but you're able to have more product that way you step on it and here Kanye's just saying that's what's going on with music too you have people that like might not be making good shits and uh you can put the cd on your tongue yeah that's pure man you like same way you would test the drugs to see how good it is you test the music
3: yeah this is where Kanye, I think, more... I mean, he's the song's called Crack Music and he's talking about making music, but there's still some sort of, like... It, it's all part of the commentary that's been going on yeah. in the album, how a lot of the songs are, like, metaphors or just, like, these defamiliarized versions of Kanye in the entertainment industry and Kanye trying to learn to deal with his fame. Here, he's mixing the idea... Like, he's mixing all the commentary going on with drugs and crack and... And looking at what it means to make crack music, and he's looking around in the industry and seeing all these people who are making trivial shit. Which again, Kanye like basically accuses himself of doing on the college dropout with like slow jams, new workout plan, breathe and breathe out. It's like this part of the album where he's not making meaningful music, and it's almost like because he went, he learned that lesson, he's getting even more frustrated whenever he sees artists other artists creating that kind of trivial music. So like all of that is just crashing into here at the end of the first verse, like all everything on the album has been exploring is, is coming together. It's social commentary and it's commentary and like how difficult it is for Connie to adjust to
2: this life. Yeah. It's awesome. And you have a, that's that good shit, which um, I guess they can't tell if that's that good shit, but this was a couple of years before Kanye had the good music label so it's just uh, a little funny that <laughs> it's almost like he's uh predicting the future like that feels like a line he would have in the wake of launching good music right they like, mm-hmm. can't tell if that's that good shit like that good music <laughs> shit um but I'll always and forever love the image of like putting the cd on your tongue it's just like I think it's Kanye's most- ever said it's so goofy but it's also <laughs> so striking and like so perfect yeah yeah i don't mean it in a bad way but it's
3: just that i mean i'm i, I close my eyes and see kanye putting a full cd on his turn like it's ridiculous
2: especially if it's like i picture somebody trying to do it with like the cd case and it's just like no man you can't use the cd case you got to open up the cd what are you doing? What are you doing? No. Like take the CD out and put the CD on your tongue. What are you doing with the CD case? You can't taste anything through the CD case. I also picture Kanye putting like
3: one part of the CD on his tongue and then like spinning the CD like it's in a CD player
2: like along <laughs> his tongue. Ah, uh, I just picture my tongue getting cut. Like you put the, <laughs> and that's what happens in the, the little in yeah, the little
3: middle part. Oh, mm. that's uh, giving me chills down my spine.
2: <laughs> the striking imagery of our words. <laughs> uh, so then we come back to the chorus and the idea when we first start the song, the idea of crack music didn't really have much in the way of meaning because I think it's something you might get just initially as a concept. But it hasn't really been explained by kanye up to that point but now after this first verse when you hear that's that crack music you're getting a better idea of like oh this is what he's talking about okay and it's crack mm. music and it's real black music and you see why it's saying it's real black music because this is the music coming out of black communities that have been so affected by this scourge so mm, yeah powerful shit
1: place where the father's gone, the mother's is hobby home, and the mighty gones lock us up in the arty home. How the Mexicans say we just trying to party home, they want to pack us all in a box like Styrofoam. who case a dime anthrax, George Bush got the answers. Back in the hood, it's a different type of chemical, all him hammer, bacon, soda, raise they whole quota, right when our soldiers ran for the stove, cuz, cuz. Dreams of being hoping and went from being a broke man to being a dope man to being a president. Look at hope man, This that inspiration for the most and the folks, man. Shorty come and see his mama straight over dose. And this is the soundtrack. This is the type of music that you make when you ground that.
2: Crack music, nigga. Verse 2 uh, From the place where the father's gone, the mother's is hardly home. And the Madigans lock us up in the Audi home, which, jeez. So you have him essentially just talking about, like, the inner city, but specifically the inner city of Chicago, as Madigan refers to Lisa Madigan and the Madigan family. Uh, Thank you to Genius. She was the attorney general of Illinois since 2003. I... (laughs) imagine her being like i've only been here for a couple years why are you like why are you yelling at me but i guess she had a tough stance on gang crime yeah um which led to a lot of arrests and the audi home was one of the uh juvenile detention centers but it's just painting this bleak image of chicago it's a place where the fathers are gone the mothers are barely there and kids are getting locked up you have politicians like uh, Reagan, who Madigan isn't the president, but she's somebody with power that is still compromising the black community. Yeah,
3: it's uh, it. it, it yeah, you're totally right. Like it's it's taking that kind of macro look we had in the first verse of like th- who caused all this destruction to like the mom's gone, like the dad's gone, the kid doesn't have anyone in his life, so like he he gets locked up like he goes out does something bad gets locked up it, it's a cyclical thing like they have no chance and it's all because like generations earlier the government drew out this plan to destroy communities from within
2: yeah we essentially go from what like the early 80s into 2003 with Madigan coming yeah. in right she was the uh, attorney general from 2003 to 2019 damn that's a long time Uh Democrat so we have a Republican president named Democratic Attorney General and then a second Republican president for anybody mm. keeping score.
3: <laughs> Connie's sure to like uh, condemn everybody on both sides
2: equally. <laughs> uh, and then we have how the Mexicans say we just trying to party homes, which I guess just looking for that rhyme, Audi home party. Yeah. Homes. I was like, are you going to try to explain this one? <laughs> Yeah. Madigan, Mexican. So it's more of a, a line. We're just trying to live our lives, right? We're just right. trying to harmlessly party, have fun. There's an innocence to it. And that innocence isn't allowed. Like they mm-hmm. want to pack us all in a box like styrofoam. But I guess Kanye frames it that way just for the the rhymes, right? As right. I just said, Madigan, Mexican, Audi home, party homes creative way to (laughs) make those rhyme they want to pack us all in a box like styrofoam yeah just showing what these politicians want to do to the black community they want to keep them boxed up locked in nothing more like it's dehumanizing to think that people are being treated like little pieces of styrofoam in a shipping container Mm -hmm. and then uh who gave saddam anthrax george bush got the answers so the same way that he's accusing or has accused Ronald Reagan of giving drugs domestically to curb the black community in America. You then see the same play being run internationally with the idea that George Bush was the one that gave anthrax to Saddam Hussein.
3: Yeah. I think that's a really powerful line because it basically equates what Reagan did with what Bush is doing with terrorists. (laughs) Like it, like it, it, in Kanye's eyes, like the black community and terrorists are the same to the government. Like they don't, they're not looking to build those communities up. Like they want to tear them down and eviscerate them like they would at the terrorists. Like that's, that's
2: so heavy. Yeah. Genius has that the counter to that claim is that Bush gave Saddam hundreds of millions of dollars to fight Iran, which Saddam used to purchase the bio and chemical weapons. So it wasn't so much that, like, Bush was like, hey, we have anthrax, here you go, Saddam. But knowing that Saddam was going to make some decisions with that money, he freely gave the money and sat back and watched as the Middle East descended into conflict. So then back in the hood, it's a different type of chemical. So Kanye there, making sure we connect what he was saying in the first verse to what's going on here. And then Arm & Hammer Baking Soda raised their own quota. It was right there in the lyrics, and I said, sugar.
3: <laughs> I was wondering about that. I was like, does this, this Chris ever actually heard crack music, or was he pretending that he's heard it before?
2: <laughs> you know, sometimes you just panic and forget things. <laughs> um, right when our soldiers ran for the stove, because, yeah, and this is where it kind of pivots to the music industry again. So we start in that societal place, and saying that this just so happened to come about when our, we had soldiers and we were fighting and we we're making progress. And then our soldiers abandon what they're doing and run for the stove where they can cook up crack because they had dreams of being Hova. They wanted to become the next big thing in rap and hip hop. Well, I mean, I guess that's complicated. Like, Jay-Z has the history of, like, he was a drug dealer and was doing very well as a drug dealer before he started rapping. And then once he started rapping, which, you know, he was rapping about dealing drugs and that lifestyle, he got to stop dealing drugs. Um, But that was his path. You know, you go from just somebody on the streets to dealing drugs to rapping to rapping about your experiences to then becoming a superstar full of money so i think that's kind of what it's getting at dreams of going on jay-z's path to success right totally
3: yeah like and it really reveals just how dire the situation is and like what happened because reagan implanted these drugs in communities is that like it's kind of all they came to know like now, it's a business. Now, it's like a war. Like, I almost wonder if that's what Connie's getting at when he said, when he mentions like soldiers, and he already referred to like Saddam and George Bush. Like, it's turned into this full on war within communities to be the best at selling drugs. And it's not just so you can be the best at selling drugs, because if you are the best at selling drugs, that means you'll create this wealth and this power, and you'll be able to finally rise up out of that situation and go do something else
2: with your life. Yep. And, then he details that, right? Went from being a broke man to being a dope man to being the presidents, which is president of Rockefeller, president of Def Jam. President uh, of the United States. Jay-Z becomes president of the United States. <laughs> okay, could you imagine the next election, like 2024, Jay-Z's like, I'm running for president, and we have Kanye <laughs> versus Jay-Z as Democratic and Republican. Uh that sounds way better than Biden versus Trump, so sure. <laughs> That would be like the ultimate <laughs> story plus the ultimate like moment of America. <laughs> yeah, that's when you know the country has made a transition. Right. Celebrities, where it's at. Uh, <laughs> to be in the president, look, there's hope, man. So, yeah, this is... Jay-Z had this path that gave hope to people, and that's exactly what Kanye was trying to do as well that we talked about in that first part, going from heard him say to touch the sky like jay kanye's also trying to show that there's a pathway out that can be inspiring for others and it doesn't have to necessarily be jay-z's path you could walk kanye's path as well um which isn't what he gets into in the song here but i think is one of the things that we see in terms of kanye's career and maybe a little bit more of a a subtle point of this album and it was definitely a point on uh which I'm call it the college dropout yeah for sure yeah <laughs> it which was Kanye's entire I'm doing things life goal in, yeah I'm doing things in a different way than what everybody did before and like let me inspire you but yeah. here he's kind of bringing it back to jay-z's path which had been kind of the the blueprint of a lot of hip-hop artists up until like this point. And even mm-hmm. after this point, but it's still been a very standard pathway.
3: Now, Chris, before we move on, I have to ask you something. Did you mean to make a pun when you said blueprint? Because if you did, I, I'm i turning Skype off right now. I did not. I won't have that kind of humor.
2: Okay, good. <laughs> but as I said it, I was just like, is that a good job by me or is that a bad <laughs> job by me? Bad. This is a professional show. We don't
3: need that kind of humor here. We don't need puns. <laughs> unless, I, unless you think of a really good one, then I'm on board. Do you think I'm capable of that? <laughs> well, I think we'll find out by the end of this episode. If,
2: if you feel really good about a pun, like, let it loose. All right. If I think of a good pun, I will crack it open. <laughs> okay. That was pretty good.
3: Did you oh, mean to do a nice. pun there?
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, this, that inspiration for the Moe's and the folks, man, which, you know, Kanye takes it from the bleak place to even saying straight up, like, this is inspiration. And Moe's is a reference back to the Black P-Stones, which we had talked about in Drive Slow. Uh, Kanye Absolutely, talked yeah. about his friend Molly, like going to the school that where a bunch of stones were, and had having nicknamed Kanye K Rock, so they wouldn't give Kanye too much of a hard time. So he's saying like this is inspiration for like you know kids in gangs and people in gangs. Like there's another pathway than just being in the gang and dealing drugs. Oh yeah, and folks is a reference to folk nation a loose collection of gangs that includes the Crips and gangster disciples. Thanks, genius.
3: Mm, getting some education here.
2: Yeah. Um, Shorty come and see his mama straight over Yeah, that's quite the... So there's... Mm, there's a pretty heavy and significant duality to that, right? Because... Over the course of the song, we've seen Kanye talk about crack and crack music. So the actual crack that's destroying communities, and then the crack music that individuals are able to then make to get out of that environment. And there's something crippling about the first one and empowering about the second one. And when you have this line saying, Shorty, come and see his mama straight over Dosen, If it's in the idea of crack music, then it's just she's listening to really good music, right? And how Mm -hmm. awesome that is that she would be able to just indulge in music rather than crack. But we also know that this song is about the crack epidemic and how awful that's been. So it's either this kid comes home and sees that his mom's overdosed or comes home and just sees his mom listening to music. And that's really the, like, climax as you get this duality of purpose and this, I guess, two sides of the coin, like, two different fates, Mm. and which path is this woman going to go, which path is the community going to go, is it going to be a tragic ending or a happier ending?
3: Man, I did not even... Think about that <laughs> like when I hear those lines I just think about the literal situation of like a kid coming home and seeing his mom overdosing on drugs and like losing your mom and not having that figure in your life that is that's so fucking powerful to, to think that it it presents like a crossroads of sorts and that it it shows just how important crack music is like it, it can literally take the situation of a mom overdosing on drugs to a mom like being inspired by a song and the kid being inspired by his mom being inspired and like them rising up together. That's, ooh, Kanye, you motherfucker.
2: Yeah, I mean, and then you think, I I don't think this is like purposely foreshadowing, but just on an album where the, is it the penultimate song? Which one are you referring to? Hey Mama. Celebration would be the penultimate. Oh yeah. Song. But you do have Hey Mama on this album, which is just like Kanye and his mom, right? Mm-hmm. And she ended up like taking the path of like art and literature and like inspiring Kanye, who like was making music and they were just able to be supports for each other and push each other, and Kanye's the byproduct of having his mom. have this line where a kid could come home and not have his mom anymore like you see like Kanye's own like fates almost a little bit in this song and like what could have been for him versus what ended up being and we know that Donda was a huge influence on Kanye having the success that Kanye has had damn Chris you dropped some analytical bombs on us today I can't even handle
3: this Ah,
2: you know, you finish watching Neon Genesis Evangelion and things just start coming to you. Yeah, that's you say that you say that all the time. (laughs) I do. Somebody's like, Chris, I don't know what to do in my life. And I'm like, have you tried watching Neon Genesis Evangelion?
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You've told me that like 10 times and it, it, it
2: still hasn't helped me in my particular situation, but it's nice. Well, you're saying, like, what should Lauren and I do tonight for our anniversary? And I'm like, well, you should watch (laughs) Neon Genesis Evangelion. If it was on 4K, I would. Nope. (laughs) I would still watch it.
3: It would still look beautiful on my 4K television. (laughs) Ah,
2: yes. Did I mention (laughs) I have one 4K TV. Yeah. Lucky man. (laughs) Lucky man. Uh okay, so let's move on from the line of a mom (laughs) overdosing. Um, But the next line does kind of, I guess, complicates. And I could even see somebody being like, you just built this line up, but what about the next line? Because Shorty come home and sees mom straight overdosing, and this is the soundtrack. It makes it sound like this song is playing as she's overdosing, which could read into that tragic uh, interpretation of that line. But then at the same time, this could just be the song that she's listening to, right? She's totally. overdosing on this song. Yeah.
3: Duality. And That's what Kanye's all about. Don't try to don't try to dumb it down to one thing. You're not gonna get away with that shit here. <laughs> no. Not at all. And if we
2: ever try to dumb it down to one thing <laughs> then it's because well. we're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just know that. Just know yeah. that. Uh, this is the type of music that you make when you round that, and, yeah, Kanye kind of just saying, you're able to make a song like this, like, you're able to make real black music, you're able to make crack music when you grow up in that environment that, uh, is so complicating.
1: That real black music, nigga. God, how could you let this happen? Happen, 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 happen.
2: and kanye ends the break like one of the last things we hear him say that's not the chorus is god how could you let this happen man
3: this uh this part of the song is it's just so uh, sonically i guess because you're right all you hear is that from kanye and the la la las come back in but the sound of the song completely changes like those blaring horns go away and there's like i i feel like there might be some horns there like some sort of like it sounds like murmuring underneath. They're just kind of like holding a note. And then it transforms into this like electronic sympathizer-esque buzzing and it makes it even more intense. And, and there are also like these really weird sounds. Like I can't tell what they are, but it almost sounds like muffled screams or someone being hurt. Like so much starts coming into the song and it's just a great moment where you realize Kanye is learning to build the emotion and energy of a song with the production and and finding ways to like just make it more dramatic or or give off the feeling he's trying to give off.
2: Yeah, there's some like swirling, soaring aspect to it that really captures both the beauty and the bleakness. Yeah. Um like it it's building
3: and building like it's just this random part of the song where not much is happening, but like it builds and builds and builds violins come in
2: it's even more dramatic (laughs) it's just such an interesting decision i imagine john bryan sitting there just with his eyes rolling into the (laughs) back of his head and being like more violins (laughs) then like starts
3: floating in the air and mist comes out of him
2: (laughs) yeah you get it
1: See I done did all this old bullshit And to atone, I throw a little something something on the pulpit We took that shit, measured it, and then cooked that shit And what we gave back was crack music And now we ooze it through they nooks and crannies So our mamas ain't got to be they cooks and nannies And we gon' repo everything they ever took from Grammy Now the former slaves trade hooks for Grammys This dark diction has become America's addiction. Those who ain't even black use it. We gonna keep bagging up this here crack music.
2: Then we have the outro uh, by Malik Youssef, who was a longtime collaborator with Kanye. And not just in musical endeavors. He had writing credits on a bunch of stuff, uh, won some Grammys with Kanye. I fell into some trouble in 2018 when he had two accusations of, like, faking Kanye-related things. Like, there was a whole campaign for a sunglasses place, and Malik had told him that Kanye was, like, creating the music for it. And they even presented the, the first commercial or short film they did as, like, a Kanye West thing, and it turned out Kanye had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And it was just like Malik Youssef and that was some controversy and then sold something else. I think he had like a stamp with Kanye's signature that he was using. That's a big no no. Yeah. So that was uh dramatic. I haven't seen him as much in Kanye's circle after that, but this uh this part of the song's really good. Oh yeah. Very powerful. Yeah. Malik Youssef is while he's a, a songwriter and a musician, he's also I think a poet. I don't want to say first and foremost a poet, but I do think he, he's released a collection of poetry, and uh, an outro like this really shows that spoken word, poetic heft that Malik Youssef can bring to a song. Totally. Um, our Father, give us this day our daily bread, which is just like a classic Christian thing, right?
3: Mm hmm.
2: Okay. Is that said in church?
3: <laughs> <laughs> give us this day our daily bread forgive us oh wait what is it i don't know but it is interesting that he's painting that picture like his words are going to be like the preacher's words and i think it it, that could even just relate back to kanye and what crack music is like this is the kind of music that inspires people
2: yep um before the feds give us these days and take our daily bread like ooh. These days being like prison time, jail time, and take our daily mm-hmm. bread, not just our like physical like food from us, but also like bread is in money. Like they take our money from us, they take our opportunity. Um see I done did all this old bullshit and to atone, I throw a little something something on the pulpit. Ooh. That's uh just what, like you fuck up and then you throw some money at the pulpit. Or isn't the pulpit, isn't that just like the altar for the priest? Yeah, I I just imagine there's like a a giving basket that he goes and throws something into. I don't know how church works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I read it as like he's standing
3: at the pulpit, like talking to the crowd. Like this is how he's atoning by giving these words to people that can inspire them.
2: Ooh, I like that too. And this is then what he's saying. We took that shit, measured it, and then cooked that shit. And what we gave back was crack music. It's like this origin story. You're hearing this guy reveal the origin story of the industry. And now we ooze it through the nooks and crannies, which, you know, there's something about, like, the crack music that Kanye had made very inspiring and appealing. Like, we're making music, and, like, people are going to enjoy the music. It's this music that you make. Malik Youssef here, it takes something like that, and there's suddenly, like, a much more sinister undercurrent to it a less like poetic or savior aspect to it just the idea of like oozing it through someone's nooks and crannies Mm -hmm. just feels a little darker um rather than like the brightness that kanye had seemingly had associated with it
3: yeah i agree with that like it's in some sense at this point in kanye's career and and a lot of this album has been like idealizing what your career could be like what music can do for the world mixed in with a lot of cynical bits about how the world actually is um uh, but i, I think it, i think you're right Malik youssef's this is spoken word this is real this is something you you hear live in the flesh at a coffee shop or at church like this is really describing the situation
2: yeah it goes from like medicine to something like oozing into someone's nooks and crannies like yeah. Uh, so our mamas ain't gotta be they cooks and nannies, which like, ooh, we're gonna have you become hooked on this music, so you give us money, and then my mom doesn't have to be your like fucking cook or nanny anymore. Yeah, um, it, and we go re- repo everything they took they ever took from Granny. Mm, that's awesome.
3: It it really looks at um, uh, like instead of like. Drugs being the business that builds a community up, which can't happen. It do like tears the community apart. Like our music is going to be what inspires people and what drives people to like, you know, get better jobs and repo. Every, like the idea that like we can actually fix this terrible situation. Like we could start to build
2: ourselves up again. And it also gets back to your point about, I don't know if somebody might hear you talking about the song being over the course of generations, right? And having this generational aspect to it, be like, well, it's several presidents. Does that really mean that it's looking at like generational aspect? Mm -hmm. But this right here is exactly reinforcing the generational aspect that this song is looking at, that there's history, present, and future contained here. Like you're going to be successful yourself so your mom can like not have to have this job And that means that your grandma will get her stuff back that was taken from her. So it's like the grandma couldn't even get a job like the mom could and lost things where the mom could at least get the job, but she's still just like a cook and nanny for a white person. And now in the present day, thanks to crack music, the mom's going to not have to do that. The grandma's not going to do that. It's like, seeing this better future that's going to happen through music yeah get some grammys while you're at it yeah now the former slave trade hooks for grammys man Oof. this dark diction has become america's addiction and dark diction just you know the music of the black community fitting it into like the real black music dark diction mm-hmm. uh, has become america's addiction It's like, yeah, America tried to destroy this very thing, and now they're addicted to the thing that they tried to destroy. Awesome. Um, Those who ain't even black use it, Eminem. (laughs) Just go to Eminem on that one. (laughs) Uh, Immediately. (laughs) Uh, We got to keep bagging up this here crack music. Yeah. We're just got to keep doing what we do because this is the way that we can win our way back from the destruction that, like, government tried to rot on us. Yeah.
3: And the way the music cuts out when he says it, too,
2: like, man, th- just those little choices Kanye makes, it so good. Yeah. And this is just such a great song. And I get that, like, sonically, it does have a little bit of that, like, ooziness to it. And I get why it might not be as appealing as, like, Touch the Sky or heard him say gold digger which are much more i'd say like upbeat and fun mm-hmm. songs even if the lyrics of heard him say are a little uh bleaker there's still something to the music that's like light where you get to drive slow and you really like slow down you have crack music and you're still slower and there's heft to it to go from those two into the next one which is roses feels very hmm hmm It's an
3: interesting mix of like anger and frustration and like feeling defeated. Like it's a lot of like downbeat songs, a lot of people in like shitty situations and a lot of like looking to the future and thinking like this is what we need to do to build ourselves up without actually having gotten out of that situation yet.
2: Yeah, there's still something about roses that feels very mired like Mm -hmm. with Kanye talking about like. You know, if my grandma had been in the NBA, it should be okay. But instead, like, it's going to end here because she can't afford the medical care that Magic Johnson can get. Like, yeah, that's insane.
3: Yeah, it starts to become a heavy mix of, like, that, those sentiments and, like, looking to your family and realizing, like, the good that can come from that and how, like, that can keep you going. It's I feel like a lot of the songs in this middle stretch of the album waver between those two
2: yeah and that generational aspect comes into play as well right like the grandma like the aunts coming around like Kanye being there and the power that all of them have together there's something about that family dynamic that legacy that's really empowering which is then interesting that this section doesn't end with roses right but continues to bring me down and then finally addiction Hmm. Man, I'm excited for the stretch. Yeah, especially addiction after like coming out of this. Like, we've talked about how so much of this album seems to be Kanye like being aware of the pitfalls. Mm -hmm. And because he's aware of them, you think that he would avoid them, but still falling prey to things. And it's just interesting. You have crack music where he feels like he's the one that's going to benefit off the addiction. But then by the end of this stretch of songs, he's the one that has an addiction.
3: Man, that's that's so awesome. Connie's just always aware of that. Like, even if this album doesn't have the the simple storytelling structure of the college dropout, like it has that kind of structure, like there's payoff on songs and there's callbacks. And like, even though it's not exactly presented in a in a narrative like form we're used to like When you by the end of the album you look back at it, you realize like it's gone through all these different emotions
2: and related so many different topics together. Yeah, late registration really does uh I think get underrated. Oh, for sure. Even though like I think most people like love it. I never see it at like the bottom of list, but I just think there's a lot going on here that you don't always see get uh the acclaim that it should. In my opinion, all
3: Kanye song albums are underrated, so I agree. But especially yes, like yeah. late registration needs more love.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'll see people be like, "When do you think Kanye won't be underrated?" on Twitter, and it's just like as <laughs> soon as everybody realizes like the themes <laughs> and narratives of his albums, then he won't be underrated. But until yeah. that day happens, still underrated. Uh, Even My
3: Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is underrated. Yes. (laughs) I don't care how many top 10 lists it makes, underrated.
2: It was ranked 17 in Rolling Stone's like top 500 Uh, albums of all time. Way too low. Way too low. All right. There's somebody which what sounds like a blowtorch, but is a leaf blower (laughs) coming closer. So (laughs) any last words? Oh, we better get out of here. This is scary. I know. They're coming uh, for people.
3: Alright, stay wavy. Jeez.
2: Yeah, keep it loopy. And I
1: am. The and they ask me, they ask me, they ask me, I tell them. Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. And to the this is the last call for alcohol. For